Well, you can never get too much scripture, right? And it seems that when I sent the email about the scripture, I listed 2 Kings instead of 1 Kings. So that is not you. Yeah. It's just part of being a voice. Um, so, so I want you to hear now more scripture. This is from 1 Kings 22. <laughs> Always an adventure, right? Okay. So hear the word of the Lord from 1 Kings 22. Verses 1 through 7. For three years, Aram and Israel continued without war. But in the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us? Yet we are doing nothing to take it out of the hand of Aram. And he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to battle at Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, If I am as you are, my people are your people, my horses are your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, Inquire first for the word of the Lord. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 of them, and said to them, Shall I go to battle against Ramoth Gilead, or should I refrain? And they said, Go up, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no other prophet of the Lord here whom we may inquire? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Listen, as we get started, it's already been an adventure, right? Um, I want to show you a picture that can be a bit, I don't want to say disturbing, frightful, unsettling. And it's not meant to shock you, but I think it'll provide a foundation uh, for our discussion today of 1 Kings 22. See, many years ago, a wise, retired pastor told me always to be on the lookout for the most dangerous aspect of ministry. And the image you're about to see is an example of this danger. Okay, you ready? There she is, okay. Beware of sweet older women bearing pies. (laughs) See, behind her glow of holiness may lurk someone with an agenda. Is she trying to bribe you with a homemade blackberry pie? Or tell you how wonderful you are before telling you what she wants you to do? Now, before we get too cynical here, her intentions might be completely innocent and godly, and her life an, an example of our word for the year, servanthood. But do we have the discernment to know? Now, as much fun as it might be to pronounce the name of the king of Israel in all of its guttural Hebrew glory, Since we're in COVID season, I think it's best if I refer to him the way Herman Melville did. So I beg your patience there. We'll refer to him as Ahab. So in 1 Kings 22, we see these two opposing kings form a shaky alliance to kick the Arameans out of Ramoth-Gilead. 
See, the nations of Israel and Judah weren't the closest of allies, but King Ahab of Israel wanted King Jehoshaphat of Judah to help him free this ancient city of refuge. So during the discussions, Ahab calls his prophets to give him counsel. Should we attack these folks? And they told the king exactly what he was hoping to hear. Victory is yours, almighty king. Now, of course, if you know the background of Ahab, he wasn't the kind of man with whom you'd want to share bad news. So King Jehoshaphat of Judah, not convinced with the theological or spiritual depth of these 400 prophets, just asked a simple question. Isn't there a prophet of the Lord around here we could ask? See, the prophets of the king of Israel weren't even followers of the Lord. My friends, are the people who speak into your lives followers of the Lord as he's presented in Scripture? Are they committed, holy disciples of Jesus? Is the Holy Spirit living and speaking through them? If not, why are we inviting them to speak into our souls? So, Ahab, he was kind of frustrated with Jehoshaphat's request. He said, well, there's this one guy, but I can't stand him because he never tells me what I want to hear. He only prophesies doom and gloom. And Jehoshaphat said, you know, we should hear from him too. So they sent for Micaiah, the lone voice in 400 prophets. Now, we don't have much information about this Micaiah at all. Only, he's only mentioned here and in 2 Chronicles 18, which, which is the same story as we find here. But you know, I was thinking, maybe that's the point. It really doesn't matter, does it, whether or not people know our name. There's another name I think people need to know more than ours. So when we get to verse 13 of 1 Kings 22, we find this really interesting verse here. So the messenger who went to get Micaiah is briefing him on the way back to the king's chamber. And he says, okay, Micaiah, all 400 prophets agree about a victory in battle. So when the king asks you your opinion, make sure you agree with them. You know, our culture today is no different, is it? The secularists around us say, agree with us or we'll raise you to the ground. Many times we think it's just easier to go along with everybody else so that we don't have to keep on squabbling. So what was Micaiah's reply to these instructions from the messenger? He says this. He says, as surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. Now, this brings up a curious question I think we need to explore. How do we know what the Lord is saying? You know, lots of people, including our sweet old lady bringing us a pie, will say, the Lord told me to tell you. We often have conflicting words from the Lord, even at a church meeting. Boy, I wish we had more time to discuss this. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? 
See, I think it's helpful to know the motivations behind the person who's making this claim for the Lord. I think that's helpful. Are they saying the Lord spoke to them in a way that benefits themselves? And secondly, is what they're saying that comes from the Lord consistent with the God of Holy Scripture? See, God doesn't contradict himself. So, for example, if they're telling you that what the Lord said is wrong in Scripture is now right, find a red flag. Start waving it. So, here's Micaiah, standing before two kings and 400 prophets, and what does he do? Oh boy, let's read what he does. Verse 15 here. So when he had come to the king, the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we refrain? And Micaiah answered him, Go up in triumph. The Lord will give it to the hand of the king. He caves. He tells the two kings and the 400 prophets exactly what they want to hear. This righteous prophet gives in to the pressure. Now Ahab, knowing Micaiah better than that, remember he always said things he didn't like? King Ahab baits him, and he says, come on, you never tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what you really heard from the Lord. See, the Holy Spirit used a corrupt king to give Micaiah a second chance. And Micaiah relents, and he says the attack would be a disaster. So Ahab, boy, this must have been a crazy man to work for. He jumps up and he says, see, I told you, the man always says bad news for me. Well, you asked for it. So they arrest Micaiah, they throw him into prison to be fed just bread and water until Ahab returns from battle unharmed. So the two armies head into battle, and Ahab, having a bit of a worry about Micaiah's prophecy, disguises himself so the enemy wouldn't recognize him. Well, it doesn't work. He's spotted, attacked, and he dies a lingering death. Scripture is very more graphic than I will share here. The battle was, it was a disaster. So what became of Micaiah? We don't know. Since Ahab was killed, it showed everyone that Micaiah was a true prophet, so we can hope that he was released. But if he wasn't, at least he died being faithful to God. See, standing up for the truth of God might get us thrown into prison. We might even die there. But you know, around here, we're much more likely than that to be concerned with public criticism, aren't we? or ridicule. People on social media might call us names. Someone might talk about us in a way that doesn't represent us. Not quite prison and death, is it? Now, honestly, why should any of this concern a holy disciple of Jesus, who, as Paul writes in Colossians 3.3, has died to self? Listen to Paul, for you died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. 
Maybe we don't have the courage of Micaiah because we haven't yet died to ourselves. And maybe, like Ahab, we're listening to the wrong people because we only want people to affirm what we're doing and the decisions we've already made. Now, there's a word you're not going to like, and I don't like it, that describes all of this very clearly. And that word is pride. See, pride's an indication that we haven't yet died to ourselves and that our lives are not yet hidden with Christ in God. See, when the people around us only tell us how wonderful we are, then it's easy to be manipulated by them. Again, I don't want to pick on her, but even that sweet old lady with a pie. Who are the people who are guiding you as you make decisions in life and ministry? See, if you died to yourself, then you don't desire constant affirmation from people. Sisters and brothers, we don't stand against 400 prophets and two earthly rulers. We stand against an entire culture, don't we? We stand against a worldview that isn't biblical, that wants us to conform, be silent, or get destroyed. But honestly, if we've already given our lives to Christ and we've died to ourselves, what's left for them to destroy? Listen, I'm going to ask you this because I really do care. I may look like it, but I really do. Have you died to yourself? Have you died to yourself? Listen to what Paul asks us again in Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. He writes, If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the universe, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Listen, it's, I know, it's a tough time to be in ministry today. But I don't really think it's the toughest time the church has ever had. By the Holy Spirit, are you able and willing to be a Micaiah? Do you have the courage to be like Jehoshaphat and not simply agree with the masses? but seek true counsel from God. Or maybe you know what you should do, but like Jehoshaphat, you follow the Ahabs of the world into fighting winless battles. One final question, and then I'll stop. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about this right now? If so, don't let this moment pass. See, as soon as you walk through those doors, your ears and your mind will be filled with dozens of voices that will distract you from the whisper of God that you're hearing right now. What counsel is the Lord giving you? Will you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the 
voice of wisdom in our lives. And Lord, you invite others to come alongside us and speak your words into our lives. But Lord, many times, the words we're listening to aren't coming from you. And we listen to those words and our lives end up as in a disaster. And sometimes we don't even realize it until it's too late. Lord, I pray for everyone that can hear my voice, whether they're in this room, whether they're worshiping with us online. Holy Spirit, open up their hearts, their minds, their souls to hear what it is you're saying to them at this very moment. You are a good God and you have nothing but the best of intentions for us because you love us. Lord, give us the courage to listen to you. We pray all this in your precious name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.